0: Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Asciatino. And, man, I'll tell you, of all the things we could talk about, really, there's only one thing to talk about, isn't there? And uh, that is the COVID-19, the coronavirus, that is rapidly making its way around the world, um, that is been de- that has been declared a pandemic. Uh, you know, this is all we've got to talk about right now. That Really, everything else pales. And quite honestly, since all sports have been canceled, um, there really isn't much else that we could talk about. I mean, we could talk about the Democratic debate tonight, those of you in the United States. And I do uh, appreciate the fact <clears throat> that a large population that listens to me is outside of the United States. So uh, from that perspective, I totally want to say, you know, I appreciate that you might not be, you know, all in on like, oh, what's going to happen in the debate tonight? Um, To be honest, I really don't see anything. I'm just going to touch it quickly. I don't see anything major happening. I don't see Bernie or Biden really trying to take each other out because quite honestly, um, right now, one of them is going to be the nominee, It's looking overwhelmingly like Biden. And I don't think they want to hurt one another just because who wants to do the opposition's homework for them, okay? Uh, Let them be the ones that do, you know, make Trump go after them, which is his job as the opposition candidate. So having said that, um, let's, let's just get right into this. Let's dive into this right now. Because this is a global issue. This is not just a U.S. issue. This is not just different states in the United States having to deal with it in their own way. This is a global issue. This is talking about Europe, Asia, South America, North America, Africa, uh, you know, Australia, and, and Antarctica is the only place that hasn't had it happen yet. For reasons I'm sure most of you will understand. But right now we're dealing with a pandemic... Defined fairly loosely as an epidemic that's gone global that is infecting people at an increasingly worrisome rate. Now here in the United States, there are a lot of people that are treating this as, uh, you know, well, it's just like the flu. Everyone will get over it. Not so. Um, First of all, mortality rates with this are much higher than the flu. And so for the people that are like, well, the flu hits every year, kills X amount of thousands of people, that is true. But the coronavirus is spreading at an alarming rate, and it's killing people off at an alarming rate. And I know you want to be like, oh, you know, whatever, we've only got, you know, how many people are dead so far, you know, in the world, it's not even, you know, 20, 30,000 yet. Call me when it hits. Okay, well, you know what? That's because it is really starting to take off. Now, as it increases in its its spread, you're going to see more deaths. I think Italy, and, and if you're listening to me from Italy, and I know at least, at least one person has, please take care of yourselves. Please listen to the government when they tell you not to go out, not to do things to spread it. I know it's difficult. I know the Italian culture, it's like when the French... Uh, you know, the president announced that uh, they were going to, he said that, you know, the, the social distancing is, uh, what was it he said, the antithesis of French culture. And I get it. Uh, French, Italian, very similar. The, ideas, the idea of being a loner is kind of just like, what are you talking about? We go out every day. We have our siestas. We go out and we, we you know, going to the pub, going to the coffee shop, Sitting down with your neighbors this is this is part of life. It wouldn't be Italy, it wouldn't be France without that. But desperate times call for desperate measures. and right now, this is what's needed. we We need to take some steps to prevent this from spreading. That's the only hope we have. We have to start inoculating the rest of the of the world. Um, you know it's it's already, I think in most countries, it's gone past containment. Now it's simply we have to try and deal with this as it comes up. Uh, I know in the United States, where I live in New Jersey, it is really just starting to kick in big time. Our numbers have tripled in the last few days. Sadly, I feel they're gonna continue to go up. Um, and you know, we, we've got several million people that live here. The numbers, the rates are skyrocketing. And that's the case around the United States. Now, this brings up a couple of interesting questions. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about places in the United States that are hard hit? Recently, the president mentioned that he had considered... Now, he's already put travel bans on uh, most of Europe, originally. Everywhere that didn't have, you know, one of his hotels or properties. But that's besides the point. Uh, he's always been a fantastic grifter on things. But here's the deal. Um, the president has done the right thing in this case in, in limiting uh, travel. You have to. But the real question is, what's going to happen if you decide, well, because people asked, what about places like California and Washington state where you've had tremendous amounts of cases? And he had mentioned possibly limiting Um, any kinds of um, the, the travel to them. This is a real issue, okay? How do you do that? How do you limit travel in the United States? Now, currently in New Jersey, the governor, Phil Murphy, has said that he does not want congregations of 250 or more people. You can enforce that. I mean, you know, if you have 250 people partying it up somewhere... Police can be sent. I mean, that's a fairly large gathering. You could say, listen, how many people do we have here? We're not going to have it. Break it up. You know, you're being fined. Whatever. But if you were to say, let's just take this for an example. Let's say, now, Italy is under quarantine. They've ordered the Italians not to travel. And they have the the gendarmes in different places. Um, Okay, I get it. But Italy is a country that's not... It, it, it's fairly small by, uh, you know, um, other other standards. And again, I'm not saying that in a, in a pejorative sense. I'm not saying it negatively. I'm just saying that, like, in the United States, let's say you said, okay, um, we're banning travel to New York from New Jersey. All right. Fair enough. Um, you could shut the bridges down. We have a few bridges and tunnels that lead from New Jersey directly to New York City. You could shut them down. You could shut the Outer Bridge. You could shut the Gothels Bridge. You could shut the Lincoln and Holland Tunnels. You could shut the Tappan Zee Bridge down. What about when I drive into Pennsylvania and then just turn my car north and go into New York State? Are you going to block every road that crosses the border between Pennsylvania and New York State? Because there are a lot of them. I've driven that way, there are a lot of roads. Um, I I don't know how you're going to do it. Um, You can encourage people, and you should, and and people should take heed. But when you talk about limiting travel, I mean, then you're talking about things like, well, what about, uh, what type of travel are you going to limit? Individual travel? Are you going to limit the shipment of goods? So, for example, in California, are you going to limit eggs coming into the state or meat coming into the state? or anything coming into the state for that matter, are you going to prevent things from going out? Are you going to prevent California from shipping their wine to other places, which is a very large part you know, of, of that economy in and around the Sonoma Valley? I want to know what are you going to do and what plans do you have to ameliorate the situation, to make things easier for the people who are living there? Because I'll tell you, you know, what you've got right now in a lot of the country and in other countries, you've got panic buying. In the United States, we do love a good panic buy. We do love a good everybody to the grocery store, everybody to go and buy everything you can um, at a time. Um, And obviously, it's not, we're not at that point yet where you do have to procure stuff. Um, As I said in my past um, podcast, Uh, I have no problem with people procuring uh, and storing goods for uh, the potential that you might not be able to get out of your house for whatever reason, okay? could be a hurricane. We get those. I mean, Sandy, for crying out loud, you know, it knocked electricity out my house without electricity for uh, the better part of two weeks. Um, So I get it where you'd want to have goods that you can store. Nothing wrong with that. But at this point right now, Yes, we're, we're talking about, you know, people should stay in place. But there's no hint that the grocery stores, that the, the supermarkets are going to end up out of goods. This is, this is fear-mongering. Um, I always talk about how uh, at school, as those of you who listen to me know, I'm a teacher. Now, at school, we have drills. Um, we have fire drills. At least one a month. And during the fire drill, the fire alarm goes off, blaring at an incredibly loud rate. And then everyone has to leave the classroom and we all walk single file. We have a, a pathway that we, we know. Every class has a different way they get out. <clears throat> and so we go to uh, outside of the school, uh, single file lines, <laughs> and uh, you know everyone's calmly walking. Now, in the event of a real fire, I've told my students many times, look, the best thing to do, even if there's smoke in the hallway, you have to remain calm and you have to walk out single file. If you do this, you will live. You'll be okay. Even if there's some smoke, you take your shirt up, put it over your nose and mouth. Because if we walk quickly enough, we will be outside in about 20 seconds. Okay? However, if we panic... If people run towards the doors, now the doors leading outside of the school open outwards, but the doors leading into the stairwell open inwards. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that if a bunch of people make a mad dash at the doors leading from the hallway to the stairwell, they will not be able to open it because as they try and open it, other people are going to crash against them and you're going to have a pile up in front of the doors. And at that point, nobody's going to be able to get out. And then you're going to have a panic. People are going to trample one another. So if you panic, you're probably going to end up killing more people off than a fire would have in the first place. Likewise with what's going on now, if people panic and go out there trying rapidly to get a hold of, you know, to to seize goods, you run the risk of people not having goods, not having access. Instead of just saying, I'm gonna get stuff for the next three or four days. In three or four days, it's very likely that the supermarket will be restocked. But no, people have to go out and say, I need something for the next two months. And that's an issue. And the other issue, which I've taken a bit of a hit of this when talking to some of my friends, um, people that are stockpiling things in order to sell them at a profit, I'm sure some of you, and this is going on not only in the United States but around the world, people are hoarding things like hand sanitizer, and they're selling them at ridiculous rates. I mean, 20 bucks for a, for a bottle. Um, in, during the war, during wartime, um, this is war profiteering. This is punishable most of the time by death. Now, am I suggesting people should be punished by death? No, I'm not. Because it's not a war. But what I am saying is that companies, and I've been hearing good news, and credit where credit is due, Amazon, eBay, good for you, they've been uh, taking people offline that are trying to sell massive amounts of this stuff um, that they've hoarded up. Uh, No, okay? This is where the government does need to step in, and private industry needs to follow suit to stop people from doing this. People need goods, basic goods. They should limit the amount that you can buy. Okay? Um, That's all there should be. It works. It's always worked. And it's what should happen. So uh, all of this stuff, people that are hoarding stuff, and honestly, send the police to their door. I mean, it's one thing to say, I bought, you know, 100 rolls of toilet paper. Uh, Okay, congratulations. You know, you're now... You're now set for the next six months. But if you've bought 10,000 rolls of toilet paper, if you bought out the local supermarket of toilet paper, that's a problem. That's an issue that you shouldn't be doing. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it in normal times, but during a time of a national emergency, which this is, you absolutely ought not to be doing it. No question. So... um. What is it go- what's going to happen here? Well, first of all, this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And I'm not saying that in a, you know, I don't want to frighten people. I want people to accept the reality. The sooner you accept the reality, the calmer you can deal with things. And the calmer you're able to deal with things, the more logical and rational you're able to be. Um, this is probably, uh, and I hope it doesn't, I really hope it doesn't, but it's probably going to kill a lot of people. I mean, I'm really hoping that if individuals do the right thing, that they practice the buzzword today is social distancing. Look, just be careful what you're doing. Don't be in enclosed spaces with lots of people if you can help it. If you can't help it, and I'm saying this because there are quite a lot of people that can't help it. There are people that have to work because if they don't work, they're not going to make money. If they don't make any money, they're not going to be able to pay for things. I mean, we're not talking about people that are like, oh, I won't be able to pay for a Disney trip this year. We're talking about people that quite literally won't be able to put food on their table, which is why the government needs to pass legislation that guarantees time off pay for many of these people. If the government was serious about this, and this would not cost more than a drop in the bucket for what we pay for so many other things, if the government was serious about this, they, they would do that. They would make it so that individuals did not have to work. And so small businesses got money, and this is another thing, small businesses need to get some funding, okay, to help them get through this. Because if a small business goes belly up, if they go out of business because of what happened, then they're probably not going to reopen. We need to keep them so that when we get through this, and we will get through this, that these small businesses can pick up where they left off and contribute. Small businesses make up an overwhelming majority of our tax base and of our employment in this country. If you want to keep the economy healthy, and I think that that's something that, whether you are conservative or liberal, you want to keep the economy healthy, If you want to keep it healthy, you need to prop up small businesses. You need to help them when they need help. And right now they need help. And their workers need help. So stop screwing around with this. And get down to brass tacks and and help these people out. And for those of you, wherever you're living, uh, if you're not under complete quarantine, please help out small businesses. If there are businesses in your local area go shop there or order from them. I know a lot of businesses now are offering things like that they'll they'll deliver to your house and they'll drop it off on your doorstep so that you don't have to come into contact with someone, um, and, which is not a bad idea. I know it's like, oh, you're elitist. No, if you've potentially been exposed, and, and what we mean is, you know, if all of a sudden there was a professor at Rutgers today, the 15th, there was a professor at Rutgers New Brunswick who apparently has tested positive. Now, if you had that professor, you have an obligation to self-quarantine. You need to keep people safe. If you were to be like, oh, I'll just have, you know, the guy who delivers Domino's pizza come up to the doorstep. No, don't be stupid. Yes, order the Domino's pizza. Help them out. You will know, help your local businesses out. But... Do something like pay for it online and then have them drop the pizza off at the front door. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with ordering out. Um, there's nothing wrong with shopping locally. You could do a lot of it and you can do it in a way that's very safe. And I encourage everyone to do that. Please, wherever you are in the world, not just the United States. If you're in the United Kingdom, you're in, you know, if you're in Ireland, if you're in Germany, I just... I, I saw right before I went to, uh, as the saying goes, went to press, but as I started recording this, um, I saw that Germany uh, was taking additional steps to safeguard them. I mean, Italy, we've already seen, uh, you know, has quarantined themselves. Spain is taking steps. France is taking steps. So, a lot of these countries in Europe are really enacting, um, you know, emergency laws. Um, to be able to keep their people safe. And that is what the goal of a government is. The government has an obligation to keep their people safe, uh, and they need to do it. Now, in the West, this is going to be a little more difficult. And the reason is because, again, uh, you know, in in democratic countries, we're not used to being told what we can do and what we can't do. Um, And so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when you're told, hey, you can't travel to this state, you can't travel to that state, well, what if I do? What are you going to do about it? And we don't have enough soldiers. We don't have enough National Guard. We don't have enough police to be able to uh, protect all of these areas and be able to keep people from doing stuff. I mean, you know, look, look at even, you know, I'm in, I'm in New Jersey, which is not one of the bigger states. I mean, it's the greatest state, but, you know, size-wise, it's not one of the bigger states. It's hard for us. But if you look at a state like Pennsylvania, the length of the borders that Pennsylvania has with neighboring states is ridiculous. You can't possibly have Pennsylvania's finest guarding all of them. Um, It's just not possible. Sure, they could guard certain areas like the Trenton Bridge, you know, um, I-95 corridor. That's the easy stuff. You could put a couple of guys there. You You could close it down, okay, at the border. But how about all those little roads that lead from Pennsylvania into Maryland? How about all those little roads that lead into New York State on that gigantic border to Ohio? You can't possibly cover all of that. Even if you activated the National Guard, you're not going to be able to do it. So I think what we have to do is we have to really reach out to people. And this is, I'm doing my part on this. I'm imploring people to please be smart and be safe don't go places if you don't need to. Um, the other major thing in speaking about don't go places if you don't need to, one of my biggest fears, and this is something I don't think a lot of people are talking about, is the U.S. healthcare care system and in cases around the world being overwhelmed. Hospitals can accommodate a lot of people, but they can only accommodate a lot of people on a, a, a flattened curve basis. What I mean is this. Um, a hospital could service 10,000 people, let's say, over one month if they only got 2,500 people a week showing up and if over the course of that week they only got about 300 people a day showing up. Let's say that that's the case and a a large hospital could accommodate that. But if a large hospital got 10,000 people showing up week one, they can't accommodate that. They don't have the facilities. That is my bigger fear for what's going on, is that you're going to see hospitals start getting overwhelmed. They're going to start, um, you know, going into triage mode. And for those of you who don't know what triage is, triage means that basically you save the ones who are most likely to live it's the military uses triage where basically if there have been several casualties what they'll do is they'll go up and uh i think the movie pearl harbor which i you know is 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 not a good movie at all personally um the one scene that's great is the actual attack um you know it's it's fairly uh, accurate as far as the, the attack. So I always show that movie in my classes. The rest of the movie is a love triangle, and you know, and it's all right, whatever. Listen, you got to sell tickets, you got to sell tickets. But the bottom line is that um, during the aftermath, you see uh, Kate Beckinsale running around and putting marks on injured sailors and soldiers. And basically, if someone was seriously injured to the point where it was like, I don't know if he's going to make it, they would basically get an X on them. It'd be like, all right, listen, this person's probably not going to make it. Give them some morphine and put them off to the side. It goes. It's counterintuitive because you would think the most injured people would be the ones you'd want to get to first, right? Because it's like, oh my God, this person is almost dead. They're losing tremendous amounts of blood. Let's take care of them first. But in a situation where you can't possibly take care of everyone. What happens is we go into this very utilitarian mode and that becomes, okay, listen, this guy uh, took shrapnel to the arm. Let's get him all patched up. This person uh, had their femoral artery cut. They're starting to bleed out. You know what? Again, someone put their hand on it. If you can heal them, great. If you can't, then it's too bad. And that's what you're going to start seeing. You're going to start seeing hospitals tell people who are in their 70s and 80s, listen, um, I'm sorry, we can't help you right now. We've got too many beds occupied. Um, and there are people that are in their 30s and 40s who are healthier. We can fix them in the sense that we can, we can get them back up to snuff. We can, we can heal them. With you, we don't know that we can, so we're not going to take the chances. That's a real issue, and that's going to happen. It is, because we're going to see hospitals be overwhelmed. And again, people are starting to you know, rush hospitals on the basis of, I think I have a symptom. I sneezed the other night, and I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm not trying to say, don't go to the hospital. We need people to go. Um, also, as the number of coronavirus kits gets out there, you're going to see numbers skyrocket um, because, quite, you know, quite frankly, if nobody was being tested for coronavirus, guess how many people would have it in the country officially? Zero. Of course, thousands would really have it, but on official terms, nobody would because in order to be determined to have it, you have to be tested. And so that's one of the things that's going to happen. Um, you're going to see as more and more tests get out there. You're going to see more and more people diagnosed with it because they hadn't been before. So if you think you have it, please do. Get to um, a doctor. Get to um, a hospital that's nearby. You know, we don't need anyone to be a hero. Please don't think you're going to beat it. Because, you know, the list of... The graveyards are full of people who, you know... Said it's just a cough, it's just a sneeze. You know, take action about it. Um, so yeah, so that's where we are right now in the United States. And I know, like I said to my my uh, my wonderful followers that are listening overseas, um, in the United States, there are cities in New Jersey that are already enacting curfews, banning sales of of food and drink in certain places. Uh, Pennsylvania recently, <laughs> and by recently I mean today. Ban the sale of alcohol. Effective, I believe it is tomorrow. Wow, that's kind of going to backfire on you guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's crazy. Um, Pennsylvania is one of the states. Uh, and again, I'm not sure how it goes in a lot of other countries. So I'm only speaking for myself here. In the United States, there are a bunch of states that they they sell hard liquor. They sell, you know. Um, Uh, spirits, uh, and wine in state-owned liquor dispensaries. So, for example, in Pennsylvania, if I want to go get some beer, I go to um, a store that sells beer, but I can't buy wine and I can't buy hard liquor. If I want to buy wine or hard liquor, I have to go to a Pennsylvania a state-run store. Uh, Virginia also has that, uh, uh, several states do. So in New Jersey, however, there are liquor stores, and they sell everything. So I can go to the local liquor store and buy, you know, a a case of beer and uh, two bottles of wine and a bottle of scotch. No problem. They won't give me any issues. Um, By the way, to the people who are listening to me in the United Kingdom uh, and Ireland, I was very concerned because in the beginning there was talk about not just banning travel but banning shipment of goods, and I was like, my God, you know, I'm going to need to run out there and stockpile scotch at the point. Um, <laughs> but fortunately, they, they haven't said that. Um, hopefully, these measures will not last too long. Uh, myself, I had been planning on going. Those of you who know me and are listening, um, I'm a huge Chelsea football club fan, and um, i a big, big supporter. I have tickets to their Watford match, which was on the 12th then 13th uh, or the 13th and 14th um that second week in april and now that's um unfortunately that's going to be gone because you know the the travel ban I won't be able to go out there it upsets me I'm I'm still hoping to get out there maybe later this year but uh you know it's really I mean the premier league football has been stopped all across europe you're talking about billions and billions of dollars Which, by the way, is how you can tell that something's, you know, serious. When sports stop, things are serious. Because, uh, you know, sports are a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, And so for the top leagues in Europe to declare, hey, we're not going to continue, um, that's really significant. And uh, there's good reason, because you're reading a lot of these guys are coming down with the coronavirus. I mean, just... Off the top of my head, Mikel Arteta, the, you know, manager for Arsenal, and uh, Calum hudson uh is winger for Chelsea. Both of them, uh, you know, came down with uh, coronavirus. Uh, center back, um, oh, I always forget his name. It's with an R. Um, you know why? Probably because I always get him confused. Rudiger for Chelsea. Uh, but anyway, the, the center back for Juventus has it. Uh, it's it's spreading all over and these guys are people who stay with one another for you know they're with one another more than they're with their own families okay and so the fact and they're close up they're sweating they're they're breathing on one another they're breathing in enclosed spaces on one another you know this this is just a recipe for disaster they have to stop these things i'm not thrilled about it i don't think anyone is but you know what i mean at the end of the day This is what causes you to view how sports, while a wonderful part of our lives, um, for many people that follow sports, and I'm definitely one of them, I mean, for me, you know, every weekend is an excitement. I get to watch, you know, four or five matches, you know, football, um, different parts of the year, different types of sports. But at the end of the day, there are things that are much bigger than any of us, and Right now, we have a pandemic, we have a a virus that is killing people off at an alarming rate, and we don't know where it's going to go. And like I said, I would love nothing more. I really would, and I mean this with all sincerity. I would love nothing more than, you know, four months from now, I end up getting razzled by people. And they're like, listen, you said it, you know, it could possibly kill a million people. It only killed twenty thousand only uh, or it only killed ten thousand only killed five thousand and then we beat it that would be wonderful, but we need to take steps we need to make sure that this is something that cannot be that that won't that won't beat us. We have to be vigilant about it. we absolutely do and if we're not then it's it's going to inflict Tremendous damage. So um, as far as schools in New Jersey are concerned, uh, I know I think it's up to 18 or 19 states now in the United States that have closed schools down. The word around uh, on the streets is that uh, Governor Phil Murphy is going to close New Jersey schools after Monday. Tomorrow, Monday, um, I have to go in uh, in Elizabeth Township we have to go in, uh, it's a half day for students and then a half day of professional development about, you know, what's going to happen, how we're going to be working online with the students during the time that they're off. Many other schools have had this in the past week. Many schools have off this week. Um, I would be very surprised if we did not have off after, um, after you know, Monday. Uh, if the governor didn't close things down. I think he's waiting for all the districts. Obviously, the governor and the governor's office is in touch with the districts. They're waiting for the word that, like, okay, now we've got our stuff in gear. As I think a lot of countries were waiting as well to try... it's It's a game. It's a game. It's a deadly game, but it's a game. It's like, okay, listen, we have to get our stuff in order, but at the same time, we've got this virus that every day that we don't get ready... This virus is going to infect another X amount of people and kill Y amount of people. So you're you're fighting that kind of battle. In um, Elizabeth, I think we're you know after Monday we'll be totally ready to shut down school for the foreseeable future. And if I could, I would suggest that we shut it down for the next at least couple of weeks. You need to get this under control cutting it out for a week you could still have a bunch of people show up that don't that aren't showing symptoms and that could potentially be infecting people and so i think that what has to happen is you have to go at least 2 weeks so that anyone who possibly has this virus they're showing symptoms they can stay home you know they cannot be out there in public um you know again you err on the side of caution there's nothing wrong You know, I would rather them say, oh man, we took an extra couple of days that we didn't have to. Okay, isn't that better than, oh man, we sent everyone back to school early and now we had 150 cases in the district and God forbid we had any deaths in the district. I mean, that's what we're trying to avoid. And I know that, you know, the people in charge of Elizabeth are are working very hard. It's a huge district. I mean, we have... You know, about 5,000 between teachers, paraprofessionals, staff, support staff. Um, You know, we have about 5,000 people and we have somewhere on the lines of close to 25,000 students. It's not easy to just flick a light switch and be like, okay, now we're good to go. Um, But they're working hard at it. Teachers are working hard. Hopefully everything will be okay. I'm sure that we will... One way or another, will be ready by the end of Monday, and so that's going on. The good news for you guys is that I'm going to try and post more uh, podcasts over the coming week. I do have to work during the day, but there are times where I'm not required to be at work, and I'm going to try and post some podcasts, keeping people up to date and keeping my followers in Europe. I know that some of you are now under full quarantine uh, and, and elsewhere in the world. Um, I want to give you something to listen to, even if it's just a half an hour out of your life. Um, If you do like this podcast, please send it to your friends, to your family. If they live here, if they live overseas, um, the more people that listen to this, the merrier. Uh, Again, I'm not making any money off of this. This is just me doing it because I enjoy it and because I want to bring um, a little bit of happiness to people and bring some education to people. So uh, let me know if there's anything that I misspoke about, if I messed up, if there's stuff you want me to talk about more. Uh, Otherwise, I, you know, listen have a great end to your weekend and um and please do be be smart and be safe be careful if you need to know anything let you know hit me up um you know dm me instagram me uh, whatever it is you know you can comment if you have the anchor app um you know you can comment directly at me but you know let me know i will do my best to keep everyone alert and uh, knowing what's going on here So, in you know, having said that, uh, I wish you all the best of luck, and we will be talking to you soon. Bye bye.